0: Who came from the radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres Speaking. We are here live on tape at the Samania Mall in front of a live studio audience. Yeah! Courtesy of the East Metal Public Library for our 28th live show. I am here with our special Guests who we'll talking to with and about. We have Jay Pelicano. Hey guys. Hey, Jay guess and love. And Eric Kidhart. That's me. Hey. Guys. And, uh, So, they are from the Mid Island Comic Shows. We'll be talking in just a few minutes, which is awesome because they're here. But first, we're going to have to take it away with the news. The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 24 years of comic book myths and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention will be on April 4th and 5th of 2020, which is this year. And they have headliners such as the original Green Ranger, Jason David Frank, and none other than Jim Lee from Image Comics will be there. Guys interested in uh, Jim Lee? Fans of Jim Lee? Fans always, of Power Rangers? always like Jim. Yeah. Power Rangers or Jim Lee? What do you think? Jim. Jim? Jim? Jim. Jim Lee. Oh, I sweet. know Jim, so it's different. I'm biased. Oh! <laughs> Is Jim going to be at your show? I wish. So you're not, you're not that good of a friend with him?
1: Well, when I used to do stuff for Marvel and DC, because I used to work in the comic industry. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Guys at DC always took care of me, so I've got some personal sketches
0: from Jim. And oh, stuff. okay. Fancy. Fancy. I'm not calling him on the phone and saying <laughs> to say you put a dinner, but... Right. You have a professional business yes. relationship with him. To a degree, yes. Fair enough. So let's start off with the uh, news. Oh, before I forget, I have to mention our Patreons. i um, giving them a shout-out, of which they are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Two Sentence Horror, Kyle Horn, Millie Portes, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unji Kun, and Shadow Rabbit Art. So if you guys want a... Uh, Give us a little shout-out for a dollar. Go to www.patreon.com. Look up a came from radio in the search bar. And you can get your own little shout-out on our show. But now, let's start with the news. Uh, As always, we start off with the sad news. So, producer David Foster died recently. Um, As of this recording, no cause of death has been released. Uh, David is best known for producing such films as The Getaway, the original one, Caveman, John Carpenter's The Thing, Short Circuit and its sequel, Short Circuit Part 2, The River Wild, Mask of Zoro, and Collateral Damage, just to name a few. You guys uh, familiar with any of those uh, films there? Yeah, a lot of them. Short yeah. Circuit, of course. Short Circuit. You're a Short Circuit fan? The Thing. 80s and 90s, yeah. We have uh, fans of the Short Circuit in the audience? Johnny Five, the life. I guess we did. So he was a spry 90 wow. years old. Wow, 90 years old. That's and, he, and he did uh, that. But no cause of death has been uh, released. As of uh, time, sorry. Well, uh, let's it. It was peaceful and of natural causes. You know, that, 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 that reminds me of a joke. There was a really horrible, horrible show with Anthony Perkins. It was a pilot on Fox. And he was making a horror-type comedy show. And the joke was that the person had tripped and fallen down the stairs, broke their neck, and they died. And they said it was for natural causes. And they said, well, if you naturally fall down the stairs and break your neck, naturally you die. So, anytime everybody says they die have natural causes, it's one of those things <laughs> they make me think of. That is
1: certainly nut <laughs> Uh
0: Moving on to more sad news, more sad news. <clears throat> Executive producer Lee Mendelson, most famous for producing over 50 Charlie Brown productions, died recently, on Christmas Day in oh, fact, wow. from congestive heart failure after a battle with cancer. In addition, Charlie Brown. Uh, In addition to Charlie Brown, Lee also helped bring Mother Goose and Grimm, Kathy, and Garfield and Friends to the small stream. Uh, Lee's daughter says, We are very sad to lose our wonderful father, but Lee would have said it it was serendipitous to pass on Christmas when the song he wrote with Vince Gordarly is being heard everywhere and the program he created with Charles Schultz and Bill Melendez is being celebrated around the world. While it is not a great time for us, it is not a bad time for him to pass. As mentioned of note, Lee also co-wrote Christmas Time is Here for the first Peanuts Christmas special. If you guys remember that oh, song? It's the
1: best yeah. song in the whole thing.
0: Yeah, uh, he was a spry 86. Wow. Uh, so moving on. Let's see what we got. ooh From Lee, what else do we have left to reboot Bring Back Departments? NBC has announced a new Saved by the Bell reboot slash reprisal with the original series stars Mario Lopez and Elizabeth Berkley reprising their roles as A.C. Slater and Jesse Spano, respectively, as well as being producers on the series, along with original Saved by the Bell creator Peter Engel. Engel? Engel? Mm. Um, How did that bring back Kelly Kapowski? What? She's making Kelly money. Or Zach. That's that's actually part of the news, see? Were you reading ahead? Were you reading ahead? No. I can't see that. (laughs) Um, The series will air on the new NBC streaming service Peacock and will star transgender actress Josie Tota in the lead role. Josie will play Lexi, a quote, a beautiful sharp-tongued cheerleader and the most popular girl at Bayside who is both admired and feared by her fellow students, unquote. Uh, the half hour series finds Zach Morris, who has not yet been cast as the original actor, Mark Paul Gosser, said he hadn't been approached to appear, uh, becomes Governor of California. Uh, governor Morris finds himself in political trouble after closing too many low income schools, and to solve this problem, he proposes that the low income students be sent to high performing schools in the state such as Bay School, Bayside High. So, Zach Morris was not approached to reprise his role as Zach Morris. That's why he's not cast in it as of yet. <laughs>
1: That's like his typecast from life. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> TV
1: show problems have changed a lot, huh? Well, yeah. And <laughs> he is actually a decent actor because he's
2: been
0: on TV shows. Yes, yeah, he, bad at all. Been. We have save by the Bell fans? Yeah, yes. I grew up on that So it's weird that the lead is not going to be on there, but Kelly, she's making Kelly money. She don't need to be associated with that. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> we know Screech was... Screech, yeah. Screech <laughs> might need <laughs> Screech <laughs> yeah. money.
1: Yeah.
0: He's actually... Um, who's he's in other trouble. <laughs> But, um, yeah, no no Zach. But it's, the, it's, not, it's not started a film yet, so it's possible that they will reach out to him, and he will uh, come and be on the, on the show to reprise his role. They have to bring him back. You really think so? You really think? Would you watch it without him? No. No. Would you watch it with him?
1: <laughs> yes, because so, yeah. I would be very curious to see what they do with it. Well, we have, I loved that show as a kid. I'm not going to lie. Leah Remy was on that and the, when they were doing
0: the, the country you, club
1: thing, the beach club. Is,
2: I was like, is Baby Yoda going to be on it? Baby Yoda is not
0: going to be on it. If I can get Baby
1: Yoda, my family will be in.
0: Did you watch um, when they went to college? Yeah. So you were a fan through and through?
1: Oh, yeah. The whole way. All right. And I remember watching the college years going, why am I watching this? And then they got, <laughs> Zach and Kelly got married and the whole married thing. They had the my, Hawaiian wedding.
0: And Could not not watch it. All right. So now the question is, did you watch the new class no. when Screech was the alright so that was what you drew the line I, I saw it that I was, was like the line. It just jumped a shark I'm done <laughs> <laughs> alright moving on from the legal department so this actually might be up your guys alley because you are convention organizers <coughs> Ace Comic Con has decided to try and trademark the title Comic Con which has been used by San Diego Comic Con for almost 50 years for those of you who do not know Ace Conventions was created by Wizard founder Garib Seamus and, for all intents and purposes, are a celebrity-heavy event boasting meet-and-greets along with photo ops for a higher price point. San Diego Comic-Con, which is owned by Comic-Con International, is a non-profit company and is the biggest comic book slash pop culture convention in the entire United States of America. To avoid confusion, the term Comic-Con has always been associated with San Diego Convention and has had many out-of-court discussions to have the term associated with other cons, such as New York Comic-Con. However, this would be the second time where lawyers are getting involved, with the first time being that of Salt Lake Comic-Con, which had to pay over $4 million in damages to San Diego Comic Con, uh-huh. so let's see how this turns out. So, is that why your show is not the Mid Island Comic Con? Yes. Is that the reason well, why?
1: It, 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 in part, yes. In part, yes. Because I don't know if you want me to elaborate on it now, but well, you can. Okay, so back here, so back in the day when San Diego was San Diego Comic Con, you know, right. I'm talking back in the 70s and the 80s. Right, it was a comic book show. Sorry, it was a comic show. Correct, it wasn't pop culture. It wasn't cosplay, and you know. A lot of the stuff that goes on now—it wasn't like when you walk when you walked into San Diego. Let's say last year, you walked into mini Hollywood. Correct. But back then, you walked into arguably the largest comic book show in the world, and the thing was amazing. Over time, that's changed. But now, as I mean, look—I've been in comics since before it was cool to be in comics. So now, back in the day. yeah, and you know, now as things have progressed and pop culture started to become. More apparent, And comic books were accepted into that. Right. Then you see con everywhere. Comic-Con, Comic-Con, Comic-Con. So it's kind of a thing that that part of it's evolved in a way. And then I almost sometimes say mutated. But the comic show or the Mid-Island comic show is exactly that. It's a comic show. And we're trying to get back to what those roots were that actually created everything that people see now in the pop culture world. When you go to San Diego Comic-Con or New York Comic-Con or even... One of my favorite shows is in Chicago, C2E2. Right. A lot of them are more pop culture related. It's more what celebrities are going to be there or what other events outside of comic books are going to be there. And That's cool, and I'm not saying that it's not. You know, A lot of that stuff, it's awesome that it has a venue, but you'll also see that the comic books, the stuff that really started all this, has started to become almost secondary, and we want to bring something back that it's primary again.
0: Would you think that... Just as comics are, that during the, I'd say, the 90s, that, the, that they didn't understand where the foundation came from, and that was kind of like the downfall of the comic industry at that time, that it's the same for now, that it's going to hit that point where it will be the downfall because they don't know where the foundation comes from? Well, I worked in the industry in the 90s, <laughs> so I was working for Harris Comics and doing stuff with Chaos Comics, and
1: I had seen a lot of things that were going on from a back-end perspective. Right. I'm not gonna give my honest opinion of what I thought, <laughs> although I will say that in some meetings I was very vocal.
0: Okay. All right. And
1: the nineties definitely played a big role in some of the problems. But I don't think it was that on its own. There's other things it was, too. Right, it was Because couple... you have to look at the economy. What was the economy doing? Right. Was it up? Was it down? That nineties thing was just the timing of almost like a ticking time bomb in my opinion. You had more than one thing that was going on, but you know, the the birth of the variant and all these different covers and
0: yeah, it, 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 it
1: helped to, it helped to cause that problem.
0: I no, fair enough Eric uh, two cents in there? yeah
2: there's, there's a lot of uh, comic fans who I talked to who are concerned about you know the, the bazillion variant covers of the comic book that's out there right now, these one in 50, one in 500, one in a thousand. Uh, and I, uh, a lot of fans look at that and like it's a can be a cash grab and I don't disagree with that. Um, in the 90s, I think you need to remember that these are businesses; these are multi-million-dollar businesses. They're in business to make money, so you can't blame them for doing what they did. It's, uh, but it would be nice if we learned a little bit from the from the
0: experience. Uh, so, fair enough. So, moving on. Um, oh, I didn't have a title. From the, I don't have a title for this news uh, department department. Um, <laughs> every year, the National Film Registry selects 25 films, each showcasing the range and diversity of American film heritage to increase awareness for its preservation in the registry. This year is no different, as in 2019, the films of note are The Original Sleeping Beauty, She's Gotta Have It, Purple Rain, Platoon, Old Yeller, Clerks. And Amadeus, they're now in the film registry for the, uh, and I think that's kind of cool, that Clerks, of all movies, is now a significant uh, part of uh, the um, movie world um, iconography. Iconography. Mm -hmm. Yes. We have any uh, Purple Rain fans? She's going to have it? No, okay. Purple, uh, let's see, Platoon. Absolutely, Platoon. Uh, old Yellers. We have any people who yes. are old enough to remember Old Yellers? Yes, Yeller? the Disney movie absolutely. from the Disney
1: movie they talk yeah, about, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeller, the
0: dog that dog, oh, yeah. that
1: dog dies. I cried my eyes out as
0: a kid. I was so upset. Uh, Amadeus. Yeah, I remember that movie. Yeah. And of course, clerks. We have clerks fans. Kevin Smith, Woo! Clerks in There we Yeah. yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the National Film Preservation Board serves as a public advisory group to the Library of Congress. The board consists of 44 members and alternates representing the film industry, archives, scholars, and filmmakers who otherwise comprise the diverse American motion picture community. Its primary mission the bird works to ensure the survival, conservation, and increased public availability of America's film heritage, including advising the library on the annual selection of films to the National Film Registry and and consulting the librarian on ongoing development and implementation of the National Film Preservation Plan. Whew, that's a lot. So now these movies are all... Immortalized. I think that's kind of cool, how they make sure they pick 25 films throughout all time, not just of the past 2019, but every year they pick 25 films and throw it in the vault. And I remember when Star Wars was um, added, that at the time, it was before digital, so they had to actually go and find the original film and restore it, and that's what gave them the idea to make the special editions, to bring it back out in the theaters, because it was almost disintegrated the actual film they sold it didn't
2: they didn't they clip it and sell little cells probably probably yeah, yeah. Yeah. speaking of money yeah yeah speaking of money
1: grabs um, <laughs> Clerks is a cool one though yeah I, that, that, that's a comic guy yes that, that was his first real try to do something and now that's being immortalized that's pretty
0: cool yeah and I, I remember if it was not for Siskel and Ebert I would not have watched that movie because I used to watch Siskel and Ebert and they were they always had like one movie at the end it was like the independent movie and they're like oh this is a good movie you should go <clears> watch It's I was like I must go watch this, and working at a video store at Blockbuster at the time, it was like, it it spoke to me on many levels, and I used to make sure when I was a manager at Blockbuster that all the new employees had to watch that movie, so they could understand what it was like. Um, And here we are, how many, how old is Clerks? 20 years? Clerks was, was it like 1990? It's more than 20 years. I'm thinking it's '90s. See, one of those really yeah. bad. I'm news. '94.
1: When somebody says to me 20 years ago, I'm thinking like 1970s. <laughs> yeah, how old I am, but it's like no, that's not how it works. That's 2000 now. <laughs> <laughs> so scary, yeah. Yeah.
0: scary. Twenty years ago. Oh, oh don't even
1: get me started.
0: Uh, all right. So moving on um, from the let's have a crossover department. IDW Publishing. Do we have a funny audience? Yes. Ninety-four. Ninety-four. Here we go. Um, IDW Publishing and Dark Horse Comics have announced Transformers vs. The Terminator, a four-issue monthly limited series that has the two franchises meeting for the very first time ever. Uh, It pits the deadly race of futuristic cyborgs against the sentient converting robots from Cybertron. Uh, Transformers vs. The Terminator will be written by David Marionette and John Barber with art by Alex Merline, sorry Alex, Um, and will hit bookstores in March of this year we have fans of Transformers? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Fans of Terminator? <laughs> yeah. So, the last one. would you go and get this book?
1: This sounds interesting. I mean, it's a robot versus robot, so... I would think
0: that they would just step on the Terminator, I would think and that would be the day, end.
1: bad day to be a Terminator. Oh, yeah. Well, if you look at some of the reiterations of Terminator, I don't think it's that easy. Right, for the... For the what was it? Um, was it Genesis?
0: No, not Genesis. The um, new one...
1: And then even when, even in Terminator Judgment Day with uh, Robert Patrick yeah, yeah, playing yeah. the T one thousand, it's liquid metal. So like I guess in, unless you like freeze it or you melt them into something else, I, know, I think that Optimus and his buddies are going to have some trouble with this.
0: You just take it and just throw it into space, and that's that's the I think yeah, the size thing. Yeah, but it's thing not
1: a living is the, creature. Is the problem. But it'll
0: freeze in outer space. You just throw it, and that will be. And
1: that's it. it. I, not necessarily, because the sun is actually. We can't live in it, but it doesn't mean that that thing can't.
0: All right, but it's still not coming back. I'm just it's, it's, it's not coming back to Earth, is my point. When you throw it into space, it's not coming back. You're going to have... Yeah. Uh,
1: Did you ever see all the Friday 13th movies? They threw Jason in space and came back. What
0: happened to no cursing? Boom. That's fun. Boom. Now i got to make the editor... Sorry, editor. going to have to delete that. Good job. God, I'm so happy that wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. Now, now the audience is cursing. Which is funny because listen, we've had we've had Jimmy Palmiotti curse on the show, we've had Peter uh, David curse on the show, Jimmy. and now we have an audience. Oh God, an audience <laughs> yes, I love yes, Jimmy. Right.
1: Jimmy, so Jimmy is, uh, is hands one of the nicest guys in the world. I love him to death. Him and Amanda.
0: Ah, uh, yes, they are really <laughs> awesome people. Um, moving on <laughs> from the the far side has just become slightly closer department. Gary Larson's comic, The Far Side, has just now officially made its way onto the internet on thefarside.com. side Previously, much to the annoyance of Gary, the comic was only available only available digitally through people who had no legal right to share it. Um, turns out that Gary had repeatedly asked people not to use the Far Side cartoons on the internet, citing the emotional cost to him. And people displaying his cartoons on their websites, and in some cases, had sent out a cease and desist letter to some sites. Uh, for those of you who do not know, the Far Side was a single-panel comic which at the time of Gary's retirement from the newspapers appeared in nearly 2,000 periodicals over the years with more than 40 million books, 77 million calendars that have been sold and has been translated into more than 17 different languages. Um, while Gary said that he does no plan to resume drawing regularly scheduled comics, he may include new material every once in a while in updating the site. I think that's interesting that he was like, don't put it on the internet, and therefore it immediately goes on the internet. And right. it's the one panel comic, so it makes it so easy to share. Uh-huh. But it's his, and it took him forever to go online to make his own home.
2: Well, we're, we're talking about being children of the 80s and 90s. Far Side was like, like a foundational piece of my childhood. Yeah. You know, those, yep. those, uh, those panels. So so the that's comics a were yeah. thing
0: for me. Yeah. I, I remember the one. Some uh, of where, those
1: are just so hilarious.
0: The one that always got us was the one with the kid pushing the, on the door that says pull and he's pushing it and it was for the um, the high school and we used to have that post up <laughs> at our high school, like that was our high school, that's how
2: I, I remember uh, reading that reading that uh, panel and then somebody somebody talking about it uh, and not knowing what it was. Right. Hey, did you know what that was? Uh, and then having a discussion about it later.
0: We have Farsight fans on uh, in the audience? No, no foresight no fans. I definitely wow. So, wow. I mean,
1: that and Calvin and Hobbes are like, the two things that I always dug. Yeah, yeah. When it came to like the new strip stuff.
0: All right, so final bit of news. Here we go. From Lee, the game has 2020 in the title department. WWE's newest wrestling game, 2K20, apparently crashed on New Year's Day, making the game unplayable in all systems. According to reports... While they were furiously trying to fix the issue, the company said to simply change the date of your system that you were playing on back to 2019 and the game would run fine. The crash comes after multiple bugs and graphic mishaps that have plagued the game from its initial release. As of this recording, the issue has been fixed and the company has been releasing patches to resolve other issues. Executives say, while we are disappointed with the reviews and customer feedback for WWE," 2K20, last week's visual concepts released a patch that should address many of the concerns, and they will continue to make further enhancements to the gameplay experience. The WWE brand continues to expand worldwide, and we believe there remains a substantial long-term opportunity to grow the WWE 2K series by improving the quality of the game. So yeah, you have a game. For 2020, you can't play it in 2020. When 2020 hit. So this, is Y2K this is Y2K 20 years later.
1: I'm an yeah. IT professional. So they're fixed to this? And I'm hearing this. Okay, just change the date back. Change to the date back on your system. Oh, systems. great! So WWE wrestling will play, but Firefox and everything else won't <laughs> open because the date and time is wrong. Yes, correct. So they caused they probably cause more problems or headaches <laughs> for people because then like they, they quit the game and they're like, why is nothing else working? Now realizing you, you got to set the date back to. The would property. you
0: actually set your game back, the system back, to fix no. one no. game? I, I
1: would hit return.
0: On I would return. <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny because this is as a New Yorker, you guys may be aware of the problems that we're having with the meters in the city—that when it hit 2020, that they stopped working. Oh. Uh, so it's weird. Yes, yeah, so that's a win in my in, opinion. In, but. <laughs> in New York City, the uh, the parking meters, once you hit 2020 just stopped working, would not accept credit cards anymore. Awesome. And so they're going to fix them machine by machine by machine because apparently somebody didn't update the system. Right. So tw- <laughs> so Y2K came 20 years yeah, later. Yeah, so they really they don't, don't work. Right. Yeah. They, because they didn't work before. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's crazy yeah, how me, that's... <laughs>
1: You know, yes. speaking
0: of, speaking of that as yes. a public service announcement, yes,
1: when you do like legal documents, checks, anything yes. like that, Add do not abbreviate 20, 2020 20, 20, because that could get
0: you in a lot of trouble. That is that's true. I've, I've heard of that. So instead of C4 so for, for those of you who are in the in the legal world, if instead of abbreviating twenty twenty because then it will just say two zero, a person can put 19, 18, 17, 16 after the twenty. Yep. Therefore, you have to write out full twenty twenty. Not that anything but, has happened. So but what's what's the potential problem? Of somebody writing. 20 so if you 22? write if you write January. So if you write um, January 9th twenty. Right. Somebody can put in nineteen after the zero. Right. So then, if you had a legal document. That was supposed to be for this year. Uh, for a legal document, not and it goes fact. back but or it's a check. History, right. to twenty-one. Once right. you get to twenty-one, then you're all you're you're right. Going but back. if you're in twenty, uh, yeah, actually, so technically,
1: you still have to worry about it. Just nineteen-seven, then nineteen
0: twenty-one, eighteen twenty-one. But but that's that's the thing. So let's say you write a all check, right. and then you can put that you you give the check in twenty twenty. Right. You can actually put it in twenty nineteen, and that Got will it. have problems. So yes. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Mm-hmm. A little, 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 little tip for that. So that's it for our news. We're going to take our break. In front of our live city audience, with It
1: Came From Radio. Hi, this is Amy Jo Johnson, writer director from the film The Space Between, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at mfc underscore studios at hotmail.com. Hey guys, want to impress everyone at your next party? Shock them all with a custom cake. Anything goes. Classic wedding cakes to wild party themes. Follow my social media for weekly videos and photos. We're a Long Island-based cake shop. Custom Cakes by Christie Incorporated. K-R-I-S-T-Y. Call or text anytime. 631 606 8166.
0: Hey, ghoulies, this is Demon Boy, and you're listening to It Came from the Radio. <laughs> now, back to our show. And welcome back to the Came from the Radio official of the, the Big Apple Con. We are here in our 28th live stream from Live Story Audience. At the Samanya Mall, formerly the Source Mall, courtesy of the East Meadow Public Library. And we are here with. The guys. From the Mid-Island Comic Show, we have Eric Kithart. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. Hey, uh, and Jay Calicano. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? Yeah. There we go. I think Jay knows what he's doing here. Yeah. Jay, are you a radio show not, OJ?
1: I do Facebook Live stuff for low-grade comic collectors, one of the groups I admin all the time. And sometimes I'm on there for three hours, and the guys just hang out with me. Oh. do Q&A, all that kind of right. stuff. So I'm
0: sort of used to it. So, I'm going to put the pressure on you, Eric. All right. Because he has the answers. I well, you understand. Okay. <laughs> so, let's start from the beginning. Why did you decide to make yet another comic book convention? Oh, can we have Jay answer this one? Because he's,
2: <laughs> he, he actually uh, gave me this uh, spiel earlier. Oh, can all right.
1: I'll
0: answer another one. All right. So, you get the second question. So, go ahead. Okay. We, so we already is, hit it's the... Pretty much we what we hit earlier before, which was... But why another one? Well, because... <laughs> all right. For
1: me personally, and I'm just going to say it honestly, because I don't sugarcoat anything half the time, no I got tired of walking <laughs> at the cons to go look at comics and not finding comics, finding everything but comics. Right. And finding a lot of stuff that, to be very honest, is not my forte of something that I like. So, and my mentality on it was, if I'm going to drop 25 or $30 to walk in the door somewhere, and then I'm not finding anything that I came to try to find and shop for or trade or sell or whatever, that's a problem. But then, because of my... Connections in the industry and other things, and people that know me, as I started to talk to more dealers and other comic guys, I started hearing the same thing. Where's the comics? And I felt the same way. And, you know, with something like this, you'll hear a lot of people talk about they want to do something. My thing was I want to bring old, well, I don't want to say old school, but bring back what we had back then. Right. Bring back everything to the roots of what started all of this craziness. And you kind of have to say, you know, put up or shut up. So we decided to put up. Celebrities. Yeah.
0: Yes, no.
2: Um, yes, in the future, possibly. Right now, no.
0: So well, when you say celebrity, wait, actually, be, yeah, what do you mean? Right. Do you mean like
1: Harrison Ford or do you well, mean that's like Todd saying. McFarlane?
0: So, so as celebrities, what would you consider a celebrity for a comic-centric show?
2: So mega-celebrity Todd McFarlane, Right. Right. Very much unlikely we're getting Todd McFarlane anytime soon, right? But In uh, this lifetime. But, so <laughs> when you say celebrities, I'm thinking somebody like maybe Billy Tucci
0: okay. here on Long Island. Uh, but would you have Chris Evans? And if, if yes, why? If no, why not? That's a tough call. Because, I mean, if I, you're going to go for comics only, like, there has to be a certain line where you're gonna, when you're going to draw. But then, on the other hand, as you were saying, it is a business you yeah, Chris Evans showing up, you know, a lot of people are coming to your convention. Well, the idea, the
1: idea behind the show is for the love of the comics and the creators that created them, right? Okay. So if we look at it that way, it's funny you touch on this one because it's actually something that's never really been discussed. But if you said Chris Evans was going to come, or for instance, Chris Pratt was going to come and he was going to dress as Star-Lord, right? Right. Because he does do that at charity events. Right. We're still dealing directly with, comic, with, with the comics, they've they've now matured into movies. Granted, the stories in the books and the stories on the screen may not fully always line up how some people would like it to. However, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as an example, is a phenomenal universe. There's still Captain America up there. There's still Spider-Man up there. There's still the Hulk up there, even though some people would argue with me on that one. that's something I think that if that opportunity came around, we'd have to have a discussion. Is it a cool idea? Yes. But I think it's also, it, could be, it could be dangerous territory because you have to make sure that doesn't then turn into exactly what we're trying to, to not turn into to keep the roots where they were and bring back some of the things that people have been asking for.
0: So it's, it's actually very interesting. Um, you would, I would look at it as like a TV show that's gone on a long time. At one point, they would say, oh, we have to go back to the roots because they find out, kind of just evolve and lose their way. Right. And then you have to go back to the roots. So at what, So, how long can you arguably keep up this trend of having a comic-only show without <laughs> veering off to what? Well, well, that's how they all started. Believe it or not. And then
1: we'll, they went off. But well, we'll find out, right? And there are shows. There are some shows in local states around us. That dude strictly comic show. No artists, no writers, no celebrities, no autographs, none of that. It's just comic books. You walk in and it's legitimately exactly what it was in like 1977. With the exception of that Stan Lee would be at a lot of those. In right. the city, there are still shows that are just straight-up shows. And they do well because they've been marketed properly to be what they are and they stay true to it. And the collectors and the fan, and the actual true fans and collectors of comic books not of the whole pop culture thing, but of the books themselves. They're still actively reading them. They go to them, and they get the turnout. And the nice thing with them, too, is that they say, you know, we're here, and we're keeping it here. And they haven't tried to expand past where maybe this is manageable, or it becomes something that they never wanted it to be. And then they go, okay, it's not the same thing anymore. And they've done it. It's been successful. Nobody's done it here in New York yet. So, we shall see.
0: So, when you were a youngin, you were sitting down, I want to have my own comic book store. I want to have my own comic book show. I want to have, was that, was that was the thought, or what was your thought when you were young? Believe it or not, when, when I was young, I don't know about
1: Eric, but when I was young, the last thing I was thinking of was opening a comic shop or a comic book show. I was more thinking, like, I want to be on stage with Metallica playing guitar, and <laughs> that most certainly never happened because I can't play yeah. guitar to save my life. What about yeah, I, what I started
2: reading and collecting comics. I think maybe when I was ten, nine or ten. Uh, I don't think I ever considered having a shop or a show. Uh, this is for me. This is something. Uh, this has to do with my hobby. Uh, I've been a collector for a long time. Mm-hmm. I started uh, buying collections of comics and selling them at shows, selling off things I didn't need to kind of expand my collecting. And this is something that just sort of naturally came from that for me. Uh, creating a, 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 a venue that I
0: want, really. So when you're a collector, like at what point do you, des- do you decide, I'm a collector now, as opposed to just being a fan? Like what point is that, is that line, that bar, I like, I have 30,000 comics, I'm a collector now. I have, like, what's a collector? Let's... Uh, well, I think I became a collector when I started
2: hunting out and keeping comics in a series. Back okay. when there were spinner racks... And you had to go and try to find, you know, Iron Man 199 or whatever it was. Uh, so, so for me, when, as soon as I started hunting that way, uh, I think that's when I became a collector in 1985 or whatever it was.
0: So, when you do, uh, when you have your show, and we've had a show about collectability and the grading. Is that something that you're also focusing on on your show—the collectability and the grading of the comics? Well, thanks for mentioning that. <laughs> <Go ahead.
1: laughs> well, you want me to, to take this one? Yeah, let's talk about pressing and all that stuff. Well, you know, one of the things that that for a while perplexed me when I see now, mind you, all right, I have a very different perspective on some of this stuff because I went from being a little kid watching Spider-Man and his amazing friends and playing with superpowers and secret wars and negos. Which, for anybody who doesn't know what Amigo was, it was basically like the guy Barbie doll. It's just Spider-Man's clothes came off and like they could change outfits. but, but it, was, it was a boy Barbie doll. So anyway, that's how old I'm showing myself to be. But, um, I went from being a kid that was growing up with this stuff to becoming a fan to be somebody that collected comic books as a fan because I loved comic books. Now mind you, um, this is being very open and honest, I have ADHD, so when I was younger I had trouble reading. Comic books helped me to. A lot of people have,
0: have said that you know, how, and, and how important the reading of the comic book is.
1: The comic books taught me quite a bit in terms of different social situations. You know, how does Superman, for instance, deal with uh, this guy being a jerk versus how does Spider Man deal with it? And you get to see these different social interactions. You get to see the different problems in life. This is one of the reasons why Marvel had always actually been more appealing to me because Peter Parker is a real kid. He's got problems. You know, he's not just Spider Man. So. That always spoke to me, and that helped me. But I went from being a fan to ultimately working in the industry, then getting out of the industry, going back to college and doing other stuff, and then not collecting at all, and then coming back into it again after rekindling with some of the guys that I used to work with at Harris and whatnot and uh, joining, believe it or not, low-grade comic collectors, where I started to see all these books, and I'm like, wait a minute, I think I have that. And I broke the comics back out. And I will admit that a part of that was, I went, oh, my God, that's worth what? And I couldn't believe it. But now that brings us right into the, the pressing and all that. So now when I came back into it, yeah, I wasn't too keen on that. And then I started to really look at, well, what are people doing with this? And one thing I do like about grading, if I get, if I get this comic book back from CGC or CBCS, and it says 9.8, right. the chances are it's pretty safe to say this is a 9.8. Or for a signature series, which this I do dig. If I have a yellow-label CGC, Stanley autograph, it's not that many people are going to argue that that's not Stan's autograph. Right. Or Jack Kirby or someone like that. Correct. And CBCS has done something great with signatures where they have their red-label verification program. So, listen, like when I was a kid, there was no such thing as CGC. There was no grading. Right. If you were lucky enough to meet Stan or Jack Kirby or Joe Sinnott or you know, Joe Giella, any any of these guys, some of which whom aren't even around anymore, Len Wein, Bernie Wrightson, if you got their autograph... Uh, Stephen Hughes, someone who I knew very well, God rest his soul. But if you had their autograph back then, and I know I got it because, like, for instance, Stephen Hughes is a personal friend of mine. I have autographs from him. I know they're real. CGC is going to tell me they're not because right. they didn't witness it. Right. So CBCS Red label is great because it solves that problem. So I like it in the respects of I can, for things like signatures, you can now verify, yeah, this is real. Because there are fakes out there. And there are shady people that do shady things, and unfortunately, you'll never stop that, but you can help curb it. And I also like the fact that if I'm looking to buy a mint condition book, for instance, if that's what's on that slab, unless it's a counterfeited slab, chances are it's probably right. They make mistakes every now and then, but it solidifies that. And, you know, there's two schools to this. There's I love grading and I hate grading. You've got both sides. And my personal opinion is, and I'll say this to anybody because it's the truth, Just collect what you like. Collect what you love. If you like slabs, collect them. If you like raw, collect them. Don't worry about what the other guys don't. Because if I love slab books and you love raw books, well, guess what? I'm not buying your raws and you're not buying my slabs. So we're not competing. Well, one of the things I love about comic books is
2: that there are so many out there. The Mm -hmm. the field is really liquid and gigantic. It's not like uh, something like, let's say, American Indian antiquities, right? The best... Baskets and pots and those things—they're in museums. They're gone. They're not in—they're the, not in the world anymore. Mm-hmm. Comics—we're still finding new collections. Things are coming to light. It's—it's it's a living. It's still a living hobby. Yep. Um, and I think it's big enough that you can have the slab collectors and you can have the pure—you know—the pure comic collectors. Mm-hmm. There's room for everybody there. And yep. I was like I was saying earlier, I, I'm interested in the hobby living, and, and surviving.
1: So. Oh, and I do like the preservation aspect of grading, of slabbing Right. So, like for instance, I have a book that I had purchased from a friend of mine that has multiple signatures on it. It's Amazing Spider-Man 300, mm-hmm. and I have John Romita, Stan Lee, and Todd McFarlane's autograph on this book. Now, that's something that I had always wanted to get. I didn't get was it, I didn't have the opportunity to get it done myself, but I always wanted that, and I ended up getting it, and it's slammed. So now I know it's protected, it's preserved, and that's one of the things I dig also with the with slabbing comics or grading comics is that you're also preserving it. I mean like I have some golden age books that to be honest with you I would love to send into CGC just so they don't fall apart in ten years. You know what I mean? Some old like Captain Marvels. Are they worth a lot of money? No, not really, but let's say I get married and I have kids, I'd like to be able to hand some of that to them one day and be like, look, this is like two hundred years old. Yes, it's older (laughs) than dad. You know what I mean? Like And that's one thing I do like about that stuff too, is that and then you know the pressing and the cleaning thing is actually sort of relatively new. But pressing and cleaning, like if we if we didn't like it, I wouldn't be having a Josh Avery from Avery Comic Pressing coming to the show specifically to be taking in house submissions for pressing, cleaning, and then CGC or CBCS grading. Oh, okay. So we believe in it. We definitely we definitely believe in it, and we believe in the services that are out there for comic collectors. And grading and pressing and cleaning is all. It's here. It's here to stay. It's a big thing. And I got to admit, pressing and cleaning, I actually really dig. It's like I have some books that. Like, I bought, as a kid, off the rack. No, they're not mint, but some of them might have a little gunk on the back of them. Like, I bought them in a five and dime, or I bought them at uh, at the flea market, you know what I mean? And now I can take that book that I know I paid a quarter for, or whatever, when I was, I don't know, 10. And I spend a couple bucks, I have it pressed and cleaned, and then I drop it in a slab, and now that book that might have been, like, let's say, a 5.0, you know, it could come back a 7. I've seen miracles like that happen. But I'll have it, and now it's cleaned up, it's neater, it's nicer. And I've seen some of the damages that guys get out of books that you'd be amazed. You look at it, and you're like, this can't be the same book. And it is, and now you have a nicer, cleaner copy. And you know what? It really didn't cost you any more money. That's
0: that's one of the things I love about pressing. So when you have only comics, how do you decide how many vendors you're going to have there? Because how many people will have the same comics, and how do you decide who is going to be at your show and who not to be at your show who have the same stuff.
2: Well, our first, the first show in this first venue, we have room for 40 tables, so it's uh, on the smallish side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the vendors that we have, uh, we have people selling three-for-a-dollar comics all the way up to some people who are going to have maybe ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 books on the wall. Right. So there should be a pretty good diversity uh, for anybody to walk through the door... Wanting to spend ten grand or ten bucks?
0: Do you have to actually personally verify each vendor to make sure that this guy doesn't
2: conflict with another vendor? I would say that about two thirds to three quarters of the vendors are people that we already know from the community on on Long Island. There's a few people who we're bringing in who we've (coughs) never we've never really met before or really know, but we have uh, we have some guidelines. You have to you have to have 75 percent. Of your table space, um piece uh, devoted to comic books
0: oh, okay so there might be other stuff there but oh, there, oh, there yeah. will
1: be yeah uh, 25% other makes sense because okay. you have people who are going to bring children so as a great example and it's probably a good time to say it, kids 12 and under are free to the show so if you have a family of four it's costing you ten dollars to walk in the door five dollars per adult right so it's five dollars to go in hmm but if you have kids that are 12 and under you're going to have some kids that are under, under, that maybe comic books really isn't their thing, but guess right. what? Dad or mom loves it. Well, now, what are the kids going to do? They're going to get bored, right? Sometimes they do. Not all. A lot of kids are just like, oh, my God, I want this, I want that. And they go crazy. But to have 25% of them, that gives, that gives the dealers the opportunity to take, you know, take a few of your toys or your statues or other comic book-related stuff that you want to sell. That's family-friendly, because that's also very important. Like, we don't any, yes. we don't want anything with nudity or pornography or any of that. Like, we're not allowing that. But even stuff like this, like, you know, the Baby Yoda pen that's sitting here or the Baby Yoda stickers. Like, if someone had that, and, you know, here comes a kid that likes the Mandalorian, and he's not necessarily wanting to read a Star Wars comic, but he sees a Mandalorian toy or a Baby Yoda toy, he might be like, Dad, buy this for me, please. So that always, but that was always a thing, even back in the day. I remember when I went to comic shows, there was always one or two guys that sold toys.
0: And with their comics. I always remember the videotape guy. And there's always yep. one of the boot, yep. There's <laughs> yep. Always had the bootleg guy, so no bootlegs. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no bootlegs, right? No bootlegs. bootlegs that you're not,
1: not that I know
0: of, <laughs> anyways. Are there, are
2: there bootlegs anymore? I don't even well, know. Like, there's still bootleg yeah,
0: DVDs. I yeah, yeah I see the bootleg yeah. DVDs every once in a while <clears> at certain shows. And you see, it in the back, they have like some yeah. Beauty, big like, thing now is they
1: take be. laser discs that never came out on DVD, and yeah. they copy the laser disc to DVD, and then they sell the DVD. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. A year ago, my
2: son looked at a, a DVD, or it was a CD or a DVD. Picked it up, he said, "What is this?" <laughs>
0: uh, excuse me. So, what about um, cosplayers? Because that is something that I've talked to many event organizers who have like a a love-hate relationship with them. Are cosplayers welcome? Do you guys um hang have like a contest or are they just allowed to come we, or what, we are what's... not
2: we are not having any kind of contest. Okay. Um, People are not going to be turned away at the door if somebody walks in with some massive costume that's going to cause a, a traffic problem. We might ha- take issue with that, but there's not a problem with somebody coming in costume. Right. But we are not right. we are not a cosplay
1: show. Right. So you know, if somebody comes in dressed as Spider-Man. Are we going to turn and be like, dude, you're not coming in? Yeah. No, absolutely not. Oh, you yeah. want to dress yeah. like <laughs> Spider-Man to come in the show, just but just don't try to swing off the walls and everything's cool. worry about it. You know, everything's in reason. Right. I've heard people talk like like there's
2: cosplay and then comics and there's no uh, right no, and I don't I don't really believe in that because I've had people come to my booth when I'm selling comics at shows dress in cosplay and pick out comics mm-hmm. related to what they're dressed as and buy them for me so I don't believe that that's they're mutually exclusive personally uh, but but we are not a cosplay show all
0: right um, let's get the important stuff down when is it where is it? Five dollars. Is there, is there free parking? Is there free food? What's going on? What's the deal? Give us the meat and the bone? <laughs> go ahead. All right, so it's five dollars for
1: adults to get in. Kids 12 and under are free. What day is it? It's on Saturday, January 18th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, tickets are to be purchased at the door or just entry at the door, really. And uh, there's plenty of parking. So the lot of the VFW is limited in how many cars you can fit, but right next door... Is the old hip center? The parking lot's huge. It's, okay. it, and we should say it's the Hicksville uh, VFW
2: at 320 Broadway. South Broadway. South Broadway, thank you. In Home Hicksville? Hicksville.
1: Hicksville New York. right
0: there, guys. New York. Can you buy tickets online?
1: Not yet, no. But we hopefully
0: will have that in the future uh, when we move to our bigger venue. And speaking of bigger venues, how, how, many venue, how many events do you plan on having a year? And how do you see yourselves in 10, 15, 20 years? Are you still going to be.
2: So, Strictly
0: comics. This is where we're at. So
2: at the the moment, we have uh, four dates picked for this venue. Um, We have already uh, outgrown this venue in terms of uh, interest from vendors. So depending on how how this show goes, we may double the size Uh in the next show. So our four uh, our four dates could possibly change depending on the needs (coughs) of next the next venue. Um, You want to talk about five to
1: ten years out? God only knows. <laughs> but if you want to... Really, I mean, listen, I can tell you this much. This all came about as an idea of just sitting back and listening and me personally getting tired of seeing some of the things that I was seeing that I felt I was almost wasting my money right. at. This has turned into that, which was literally like being out like at McDonald's or out at dinner <laughs> complaining about it, going, you know, I can't believe this and words I cannot say right now and not being too happy about it to... Us having a discussion and then just saying, you know what, we have the...
2: Yeah, we, we, started, we started bumping into each other out hunting for comics in the wild at shows, we call, we call it hunting in the wild, right? And we got to know each other and started talking about this, this thing, uh, this, this throwback show that doesn't exist, right? Uh, so at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're doing this for fun and for the hobby first. So when you say five or ten years, who the heck knows? I mean, we'll see if people come and if they enjoy it, and if and how the feedback is. You know, we, we're not. Uh, this isn't this isn't our livelihood. Correct. Right. This was this was this solely done as a
1: side thing. Yeah. For enjoyment purposes. Hello, experiment on the side. For war. opportunities to yeah. buy and sell. To, but so importantly, to bring back something that's been missing that people are saying that they're missing, and yeah. not just fans but vendors as well. Yeah. If I really had to look at it five years out, if I had it my way, our new venue would become our permanent home. We would be able to keep it a long-term permanent home. And I say this because the layout of the venue that we are looking to move to is is almost identical to the layout of a show from back in the day. That was my absolute hands-down favorite show. It always did extremely well. And... Um, I've attended that show with the kind of companies I worked for and that was always a thing in my head like if I ever did one of these I would want it I would want it to look like that in terms of layout and by complete and total happenstance that's exactly the venue that we got is one that looks almost identical and I know the way that that layout works and it works. So if it was up to me we will get we will get the show to a level where People come, they have a good time, it makes sense to do the show, and that we can continue to keep doing the show where the show pays for itself and it just keeps going and going and going and then we get talent there and everybody can have a good time and people can get autographs and we can have fun and guys can sell comics and people can buy comics and everybody just enjoys it. Try to just get it to that level where it's it's self-sufficient and everybody always has a good time. If, I can, if we can get it to that, I should say I, right, because that's insane, if we can get it to that, that's where I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it where it's stable, solidified, people know about it, just like they know about Big Apple, like Carbo would. Carbo has done some amazing things. He really has. And he's done shows that have lasted a very long time.
0: Yeah.
1: Some of which, if you notice, they get to a certain point, and that's where they stay. They don't really expand after that because they don't need to. If we're lucky enough to get our thing there and be at that level, I would be far beyond anything I ever thought that we would get it to.
0: So, most important question: Why five dollars for tickets? And is that just something that you decided to start off with and plan to go up, or is it going to be keeping family friendly?
2: Yep, we want it to be a no-brainer. Uh, there was a show that happened recently on the island, and the price was so high. I, I go to any show I can, and I, I thought about the price, and I just didn't. I just didn't want to sp- spend the money on it. Uh, so, I think. Five bucks is, yeah, it's, it's just easy.
1: Right. Take five bucks out and go. And, and like I said, 12 and uh,
0: under kids are free. For a family, yep.
1: if you have a family of four, it's 10 bucks. You know, you have kids that are 12 and under. Right. a family
0: of four, it's 10 bucks. Now... You're going to be asking for ID for those kids of 12? <laughs> a little tall, little, one of those Listen, little if tall one 12? His, Listen, if one, if one of the
1: kids of walks in and he's starting to grow a caterpillar, <laughs> I might ask him how old he is, but, you know. But in all honesty, it, it, it keeps the family friendly, too. It costs you $10 to take the family out for a day. Right. I mean, granted, if you have kids, it never costs you $10, so the parents know, yes. like, we're spending more money. But 50 or $60 to walk in the door versus 10 well, guess what? If they do spend money, good. Spend it on your kids. You know what I mean? Right.
0: Will they have food there? Is there going to be like food trucks outside or is, there any, any, is that in the works or is that. We have it in the works to have a food truck there. We're, we're hoping, okay. we're really hoping to get the Empanada guy
1: that's been in some of the other ones. He makes yeah. some good food. They're really nice people and we're and hoping that we get them. Yeah. If you guys are watching this, I'm almost yeah. trying to force you to commit. <laughs> please, please, Empanada guy. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah, and if, it's, and if not at this one, at other venues, we absolutely will have. Uh, food of some kind the question is where will it come from and hopefully we keep getting good vendors that can come in and do that like I mean, okay. I know there's a place I'm thinking of you know, but I'm not going to say food I'd like not yet, to right. one.
0: so we're almost out of time so it's time for the raffle so you guys were nice enough to give out how many tickets are you going to give out two tickets what
2: did we say four tickets four, four tickets. tickets Why not?
0: four tickets four tickets all right so we have four tickets to. Unless you want me to give out more. <laughs> no, that's that's fine. Because also the uh, guys from the PalCon, uh, which were nice enough to give away tickets too. So we're going to be giving away two tickets to the PalCon. Oh, cool. So we're going to have uh, four tickets for you guys. So we'll do two and two. Yep. Okay. And also, one of our guests is the uh, person in charge of the Baby Yoda fan club, and he also has a prize package that we're also going to give time away. Up. Baby Yoda has a fan club already. Yes, yeah. he's the yeah. official fan Why club. So it's uh, oh, a hashtag, <laughs> hashtag Baby Yoda fan club, and we have a prize package we're also going to give away. Right. So, first
1: prize two tickets. Pull it out. I'm not looking. You guys can see Not looking. It. What do we got? 544 680. Six, zero. So,
0: zero. Yeah, So, we win. got right. two tickets to the Mid Island Comic Show. Yep. On January eighteenth,
1: Saturday, January. Saturday,
0: 18th. Saturday, January eighteenth, yeah. ten a.m. to four p.m. Next one, ahead, next, next two tickets. <laughs> I only got one, right? Only
1: yeah, got one. I only got one. Five four four six eight three six
0: eight three six eight three. Six, eight, three. There you go. Yes, yeah, right. yeah. so you also there got, you got go. two tickets. And now, let's see. We'll do the prize package first because this is right in front of me. So we have a teddy bear with a uh, Yoda baby Yoda pin. We have a Baby Yoda laminated sticker. We have uh, information on Baby Yoda. Yes, all
1: right.
0: (laughs) And I don't know who this is. Who is that? 45 for the Yankees. 45 for the Yankees. What? He He was just recently signed, wasn't he? This is a new guy. Oh, it's a new guy who got signed. It's really pathetic that I don't
1: know
0: that because I'm a Yankees fan, so you're a big Yankees fan. It like is
2: 544679. 679, yeah, six, all, all right.
0: right. All right. Go. You got the prize packets for that. And yes. finally, the two tickets for the PowCon, courtesy of PowCon, uh, oh, wow. which is at the end of January. And those tickets go to 544678. Four, 678, Alright, so there you go. All right. So you'll we'll have your name on the list. Okay, and I want to thank everybody for that. Um, we have less cool. than three minutes to go. So final thought time. Uh, well, Actually, let's do social media, uh, social media shout-outs you want to give out quickly. You want to do that right now, go. Well, we have... MidislandComicShow.com,
1: obviously, our web our website, Facebook.com slash Show and on Instagram, Show. and then also because these guys have been awesome and have really helped me, even though I'm an admin in the group, they've been doing promotions for us and they've really been helping me. Uh, Nico, who is the main admin of Low Grade Comic Collectors, Buy, Sell, Trade on Facebook. It's the largest buy, sell, trade in the world on Facebook. Over 61,000 members. Everybody there is awesome. I'm one of the admins there. You guys should definitely come and like that page. and Join our group and hang out and buy and sell and enjoy comics on that group.
0: All right. So, Eric, okay. final thought. I have a question though. I'm so sorry. Yes, a question yeah. in in a minute. Yes. Do you have any independent uh, comic book artists and writers? Do you have any independent so. comic book artists and writers? Not, 30 not. seconds or left. This is yet. Now. Not yet. Not no. yet. Okay. 30 seconds left. All right, okay. Eric, 30 seconds left. Final thought. Come on out, guys! It's
2: really, thanks for having us here. But, uh, we just need some people to show up and uh, check out the show, buy some All right. comics.
0: All right. So uh, my final thought is this: Thank you, Eric and Jay, for coming down. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for the live studio audience. Yeah. Our next show is going to be on... next show is going to be on Wednesday, February. 5th at 7pm we're going to have uh, Francis Kip Stevens and Jay Hewer. They're going to be giving away some comics and we might have some more uh, convention stuff to give away that day. Uh, More information go to www.camefromradio.com for all that information. Um, Also want to do a place where you can be heard our show. So if you miss any part of the show go to Overcast, Pocket Cast, iHeartRadio, Google Play, iTunes, Breaker or Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pod, Radio Public, Spotify, Podbean, Player FM, Soundcast, Acast, CastBox, TuneIn, Citra, PodMust, Luminary, Blueberry, Mixcloud, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Castro, Pandora. You can ask Alexa, you can ask us, Siri, or just Google it, it came from the radio. Um, thank you for the live studio audience, thank you to East Middle Hill Library, Thanks to the live studio audience. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we're we'll to see you. It just reminded me of the Micro Machines Guide, the commercial. I, I try, I try.